Wonderful, Scott, Johnny, gather up everything Kristoff needs. Ben, rev up the stealth hawk. We'll have to act fast if we're going to save the Inhumans. Hello and welcome to episode 513 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a comics episode. Again, we're doing our audio and video. See how everything goes. I'm going to have to go over them all this weekend and see how they all turn out and see if we're going to stick up with the audio-video combination for the podcast. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. We did check out a little bit of video game stuff online to see what was up with everything. Lately, the newest stuff that's going on, and, uh, they did have, they got a new, new update coming for Elder Scrolls Online, with a new class called Arcanist, or Arcanist. There's over 20 past DLCs available now on Game Pass, including the, Nar the Necrom Arcanist whole Necrom uh, Necrom's the new edition and that's available on Game Pass now along with the over 20 pass DLCs from Elder Squirrel Squirrels <laughs> Scrolls <laughs> ah, you gotta forgive me it's early uh, but Elder Scrolls Online it I always loved the way it looked, and I follow a variety of a podcast, including, oh, what's it called? It's with Dom and Don from Lord of the Rings. They do a... Uh, called the friendship onion uh they do a podcast just talking whatever sometimes bring in some of their friends from the lord of the rings movies or other entertainment venues and have them on the show and do some fun stuff with them but uh they always talk about i think it's elder scrolls it's either elder scrolls or world of warcraft I want to say it's Elder Scrolls, but they're deep into it, and uh, every time they talk about it, it just makes me want to check it out and see, and now after seeing the preview for this, I'm like, yeah, I mean, the graphics are awesome. I'm just not big on the whole fantasy realm I used to be, so I figured this would be a good way to maybe pull me back into it. Uh, I did enjoy things from the past that are apparently part of the Elder Scrolls world. Uh, I can't stupidly think of them right now. It's like Skyrim, I think, was one. Uh, there's a, for a ton of them, a ton of different things that apparently connect all to the Elder Scrolls and, uh, 
I know I've had my hand in a couple of them and enjoyed the graphics, the gameplay. Just didn't want to delve into something that deep because that's going to suck up a lot of hours. You're looking at a couple hundred hours of gameplay in no time if you get sucked into some of those worlds. But, yeah, I might try it. might check it out this year, maybe do some online gameplay with it. That would be a good one for me to start out and just let the people tell me what to do and just follow along and being able to go to the over 20 past DLCs and go back to the beginning of everything and just follow it up and collect a bunch of crap from the past and a bunch of stuff from the present. They have little uh, side quests that can help beginner people kind of get a feel for the world and stuff and they say it's jumping on this Necrom edition uh, DLC even if you're a newbie it's got lots of things that'll help you along the way teach you what you're doing along the way and then the other exciting one was <clears throat> I finally got to see some gameplay video and review of the new Dead Space remake. It's definitely creepier. It's got darker feel to it, better visuals, but everything pops a little more. You definitely have to dismember the creatures now, whereas you could do some headshots and stuff and take them out easy enough in the original adaptation of Dead Space, but uh with the new ta details, beautiful details, and just the graphics are just awesome. Uh, more ways around so you can backtrack now, because that's one thing that always irritated me. I don't know if you have to conquer the hardest level or what to get certain uh, lockers and stuff opened. I never... Never was able to go back and open certain things that I wasn't able to open during the regular gameplay. And I wanted to find out what the hell was in those lockers. Well, now you can backtrack. You don't have to take the train, the tram all the time. There's other routes. Uh, the tram will come back to areas you've been at, so you can go back and double-check them and open things you may have missed, which is nice. There's new side missions. That one, the only thing I hated about the original Dead Space was that stupid mission where we had to sit there, sit down in the gunner's seat and sit there shoot those stupid asteroids as they were going to hit the ship. And the harder the level, the harder it was, and it just got annoying. I replayed that damn thing probably 50 times before I got it. Got it right in the standard level. The easy level's not that bad to get through, but it's an annoying part of the damn uh, game. But now they have it where you go out into space, there's multiple guns, you have to deal with asteroids, plus do other uh, mission items and stuff like that. But it's just... I can't wait to play that. I mean, there's a very good possibility that in the next 
maybe the next couple weeks I might break down and just get an Xbox Series S uh, just so I can maybe by March get Game Pass again and start playing some of these things online live. I uh, don't want to do it with my current Xbox. It's just so old and beat up and I did finally find my headset but we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next couple months. But, uh, because I do also, I'm weighing the fact that it's like, do I go with the Series X, S, or do I go with the Oculus Rift, or do I go with the PSVR, it's like, I can only go with one, if I'm going to go with one, so, so we'll see. Uh, more enemies, it sounds like. And you get to find it weapons now, all the specialty weapons, instead of buying them. So that's nice too, but I don't really care because the main gun... Oh Christ, I can't think of the name. Is it a real gun? Line gun? No. It's the one that you can turn the head and it shoots the... Lines, but I think the line gun is even a, an even bigger line gun. Uh, like I said, it's early in the morning, so <laughs> my brain's not working yet. Uh, but yeah, that was so much fun. Love that I got to see that finally. Kept hearing things about it. Just like I've been hearing all these things about the next Resident Evil and stuff, and I'm all excited for that. But they had... Uh, 007 Golden Eye. They're bringing back, but it's like uh, the graphics look the same. The gameplay looks a little bit enhanced. They do have four-player split-screen on it now, and the old graphics are better. Well, not really. It looks like it's a smoother flowing game, but the graphics just looked the same, and the gameplay just looked a little bit better, but it was the bet, one of the best, or the best, 007 video games out there, so I'd definitely play it again. Uh... They did have a preview for Shazam, Fury of the Gods movie. Uh, that one even looks goofier than the first one. So I don't know if I'll... If I will go see that or not in the theater, we'll have to see. It looks like it's going to have some, a lot of fight scenes, some big fight scenes, but... I don't know. I just didn't get a want to go see it feel when I was watching that preview, so we'll have to see what happens in the future. See if the gang gets together to go see it, then maybe I'll go just to hang out with them, but we'll see. Uh, and then they had the Xbox Bethesda Developer Direct thing this week, that's why I wanted to bring up a few video games. And, uh, 
they only showed off five games, I think. Starting off with Minecraft Legends. I never got into any of the Minecraft multiplayer. I like the regular Minecraft games. But the multiplayer, it's like you're working with other people, building stuff, destroying stuff, attacking each other. I'm more like, let's just build it, keep it. <laughs> Let the, it annoys the hell out of me when I spend a bunch of hours building something and some stupid-ass creeper comes into a dark part of my my building and explodes. And Of course, my building having multiple levels screws everything up. It's a lot of re building. I'm the type of personnel put it on no enemy mode and just sit there and build shit sometimes when you just want to want a break. You just want to sit down, do some mindless gaming. I'll do that sometimes. I've built a giant R2-D2. I've built a uh, an X-Wing TIE Fighters just giant ones in a world I built one Minecraft world I built every almost every no not even I'd say three quarters of the apartments and houses and stuff that I lived in uh, families houses and stuff because I could remember the layouts and I just built them exactly the way they were in Minecraft uh, I built one world that was one giant r roller coaster of train tracks going into theme park type things. And you build all these things and the files get lost or the worlds get deleted or you upgrade your system and you lose all your old files and then you gotta do all new files and start fresh. It's just like what's the sense of it sometimes that mindless gameplay can can be fun sometimes other times it can put you to sleep while you're playing <laughs> uh, but I never got into the Minecraft legend style ones but there's a regal tiger in there that you can ride those things look cool there's player versus player multiplayer matches. You can form alliances. There's online co-op. There's four on four. Or you can do one on whatever. However you want to go about your adventure. You can share armies and resources with other players. Randomly generated player versus player worlds. So you don't have the same thing and scenery and the hidden special chest and all that are randomly replaced all over the place. Uh, and then you got the piglins. They're on their own side. They attack you. You gotta take out the piglins like usual. But it comes out January April 18th, 2023. So if you're looking forward to it, you can check it out then. Forza Motorsport is the next Forza game. No number on it. Just Forza Motorsport. Even more realistic looking car racing game. There's over 500 cars and over 800 upgrades. 
looks beautiful as always. I'm sure the gameplay is wonderful. Every one of the Forza games I played, I, I enjoyed. So yeah, if you're looking for a racing game, check that out. Not sure if that's out now yet or... No, I think it's coming out in 2023 sometime. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. You're an animated defect character with a robo-arm. Kind of gives me that sunset... That's the game where you ride all the wires and stuff. Sunset Overdrive. Kind of that feel, but you're hanging on to the wires and stuff. You're not skateboarding on them or whatever it was back then. You're a future rock star named Chi, or at least you think you're going to be a future rock star. You got a cat buddy that hangs out with you. You can pet the cat, of course. Uh, and the makers of this game are the makers that did some pretty... Wicked horror style games. I can't think of the list right now. Off my head. But they went a different route. So it's kind of fun seeing some developers take a chance at something different for once. Uh, your moves create a soundtrack kind of thing. You kind of, kind of got to keep your moves linked with the music and stuff. And with the beats. Uh... Attacking on the beat improves your hits and your gameplay. It's not button smashing, but it's more button rhythm gameplay to the beat. Uh, you'll have those uh, music games from the past where you got X, X, A, 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 B, A, X, X, B, A. You gotta hit those buttons at the right time. Those moments happen. Uh... 808 is the name of your cat companion that helps along the way, along with Cheese friends he will tag team with. And then there's some pretty cool boss battles, it looks like, with some big-ass bosses. This game's out now, as of the Developer Direct show. So if you want to check it out, go check it out. It's on Game Pass. And then we got the final one, which was my favorite of the show. Redfall. Redfall, Massachusetts is where you're at. Up to four player Vampire Slayer open world style game. The vampires are wicked looking. They can flash in and out, miss themselves, disappear, drop down. You'll have a main vampire character with all the young, smaller minions around them that you gotta take out first. It's just, yeah, it's Lots of fun gameplay. Stupid winter noises aggravated. Um, let's see here. It's a quaint little island town, this Redfall, Massachusetts area, full of vampires, of course. You gotta complete missions in a variety of ways. There's competitive enemies of all types, and small vampires to humongous ones. The vampire gods, which are the bosses, which are massive. Uh, at least the ones I've seen. Custom ability tree, 
wide range of customizable weapons. It's just, it looks fun. Something different. Instead of killing zombies, we're finally killing some vampires. But yeah, there's a lot of vampire games out there, but it's been a while since we had a good one. I mean, Legacy of Cain. Uh, what's the one? Bam, bam, not Bampaverse. Uh, ah, damn it, I can't think of it. It's like a Russian vampire slaying game, but I really enjoyed it. There was multiple ones, but, uh, before we get to the comics portion of the show, the wife happened to come across with an old newspaper with a little article, the historic lone wolf outpost. Man who named 50 lakes established general store in 1923. The spirit of the man who named 50 Lakes is still alive at the neighborhood store he opened in 1923. R.C. Bob Dudley opened a general store in what was then Allen Township, already becoming known as, the, as a vacation area nestled between many pools of sky blue water. Dudley decided Allen Township was simply not catchy enough. From a promotional standpoint, so with 50 lakes within 5 mile radius, the choice of a name was, <laughs> we gotta go to page 5, but was obvious to Dudley. So in 1926, when Dudley established a U.S. post office at his store, he was calling the little hamlet Fifty Lakes. According to Ron Manger, a summer resident who has been researching Fifty Lakes history for nearly 10 years. Uh, not going to go on and on about it, but we had a store in Fifty Lakes, Minnesota. Here's the gentleman that started the store back in the day. This is our store that we took over. And this is how it looked when we had it. And that idiot that's in the picture in front of the store was our landlord that did not uh, take care of the place. And had big ideas for it. We sat there. And, uh, they don't have another picture of it in here. Bummer, I should have found my postcard. But, <clears throat> if you can see this, this is our main store. This little angled part. There used to be a couple old gas station pumps out front. Uh, this is our sign that we've got all set up and just down here on the long part of the L shape of the store is a tiny little post office so you're always getting rent from them in between this part and the post office is an old bar which was beautiful looking all log home style log railings we had bees nest up in the lofts and all that it was just beautiful we wanted to open it up but 
this jackass decided he was going to turn it into his office, which he never did, but he started working on the plumbing, which he spent weeks underneath our bathroom floor. It's like you couldn't take a shower or a shit without him laying, his head being underneath you. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't keep up with his shit and his rent, and he uh, sat there in one day... Well, we had the store, the rest of the store, and there's a house. You can't see it back here, but there's a two-story house that's connected to the store behind it. <clears throat> but we had a convenience store, video store, and a fish and tackle store in there. The All the fishing... People that fished around the area heard about us and loved coming and getting our minnows because the way we designed our own tank, the way we, me and Joe oxygenated it and set it up, their bait lasted all day long without dying. Whereas you pick up other bait and by the time you got out to the lake, your bait was dead. Uh... We had a nice clientele. I offered cigarettes at my cost just to try it because there was a big grocery store just down the road in the next town called Cross Lake. So I had to compete with them. My wife worked at the grocery store that I had to compete with. While I ran the this store, Long Wolf Outpost, with my partner. And, uh, yeah, it was... It was fun. We had a nice variety of foods and items. We had a nice video selection. We had <clears throat> the fish fishing section that was good. And we had our regular customers and then of course tourists that would come during certain seasons and the snowmobile trail ran right out front so that would have been perfect for us. We had it all planned where we were going to turn the bar into get that up and running and be able to sit there and uh, supply the snowmobilers with food, chili, beer, alcohol, all that. But it would have been a pain in the ass because Minnesota has dry laws where you can't buy alcohol on like Sundays or after certain times all that so that was a pain in the ass when we first moved there my partner was a big drunk and I, and I drank with him but I didn't want to all the time <laughs> but him and his pops would always have a case of a couple cases of beer a couple like a case of whiskey on hand or something so, <clears throat> we'd sit around drinking. When we first moved there, we were coming from Montana. Just wanted to find a place to get some lifestyle going. We didn't know. We weren't planning on opening a shop. We weren't planning on any type of certain special jobs or what we were looking for. But we were leaving Montana, and we shared a U-Haul, took our two vehicles separately, towed one vehicle, and headed out. And we're like, well, let's just go towards the Midwest. And our first 
decided stop was Fargo, Minnesota. <laughs> We're going to start there. Well, we arrived in Fargo during a blizzard. Surprisingly, the wife and Nancy were able to handle the U-Haul while we handled the uh, other vehicles, me and Joe. And we got through a massive blizzard with cars all over in the ditches, semis, all that. It was a nasty storm, which Fargo gets a lot of them. Started out in Fargo in a hotel. Looked, just grabbed all the newspapers we could and started searching. Didn't find nothing. Headed down more southern North Dakota. Looked at some other stuff. Didn't really find anything that grabbed us there. So we headed into Minnesota. And we were getting breakfast one morning. And we found a thing talking about this thing in the middle, middle eastern side of uh, Minnesota, pretty much directly between Brainerd and Bemidji, in an area where there's tons of lakes, and that's why it's called Fifty Lakes. And we've seen this convenience store that was for rent, or old store that was for rent, with a house attached to it. So me and the wife modified the storage room into our apartment joe nancy and the kids they took over the house and made that there they had two kids so that worked out good for them and uh, we had bats in the house bats in the <laughs> bat we had a bat that you'd be laying there in our storage room Sleeping in this little bat would come in the corner and stuff. <laughs> My wife loves bats, so that wasn't a problem. Uh, we had bats hang living behind our sign and stuff. The problem there was ticks and tornadoes. Our dogs, you'd be eating dinner, and all of a sudden you'd see a fat, blood-filled tick fall off one of the dogs and go crawling across the floor. Uh, Joe and Nancy's daughter got Lyme disease while we were there she got bit by a tick and we noticed the ring on her the red ring so thankfully we got that in time and got it fixed for her uh, but yeah this jackass wouldn't put a heating system in our store we had the heating in our house so we'd have to leave the door open to the house so it could blow heat into the store to keep the store uh, warm and livable and usable but it got to the point where our breads and stuff after a couple days would start getting stale and or, because nighttime when you got the door closed going into the house and there's not heat constantly pumping into the store things would get cold and it would affect certain items so we told the jackass we need a heater in here now. It's getting close to winter. We want to get set up for the snowmobilers and all that. Well, he didn't have no money for none of that stuff, but he's working on his little office that he was making. And all of a sudden, him and his brother decided to take a trip down to Arizona. So what did we do? We called the U-Haul company, got ourselves a couple U-Hauls, they went they picked their direction they were going me and the wife came back to wisconsin 
good part about it all was we got uh, Gizmo, our little husky mix dog, there. Uh, and Lucio, our foreign exchange student from Italy, came out and visited us out there. And then we came over to Wisconsin to visit everybody while he was here. Uh, but yeah, we packed up everything into our U-Hauls and all of a sudden Jackass and his brother came back home. And he's like, what's going on? It's like, no heater, no rent, Jackass. We're out of here. So we finished off our contract and packed up, left. Took off, went our separate ways, and it was a bummer. I would have loved to have bought that store. I would have loved to have taken it over permanently. Uh, why you can't make a living when you got a permanent renter from the United States government called the post office part of your building, and then take your other renter's money and fix the place up the way you need to. No, a fun thing was we had friends in Minnesota lived down the road and kept eyes on things for us. And within a very short time after we left, Jackass lost the building, which just sucks because I would have liked to have had a chance to put an offer in on it. But like I said, the ticks and the tornado alley, it was annoying to the point of, I don't know if I would have liked it after a certain period. But I did like where we were at, in the middle of the woods, surrounded by lakes. Tons of, well, some good people, some jackasses. It's like we had to sit there. And when we first moved there and found out that alcohol, we, we wanted to pick up some alcohol to go home. And it just happened to be, I think, a Sunday. And you couldn't buy alcohol. So we drank what we could at the bar, which was just down the road from us. And the local constable was there, the police officer, drinking himself. Uh, so me and Joe sat right down with him. And had a few drinks with him, asked him the rules. <laughs> One of the things he told us, if you shoot somebody, make sure that they fall inside your building. Because if they fall outside your building, right off the steps, right off our little porch steps, was uh, federal land, I believe federal roadways so we'd have to deal with other certain laws if someone died on off our porch or inside our store <laughs> but yeah we had we always had a thing set up we were we weren't stupid we knew what was going on it's like you're out in the middle of nowhere with a store you're gonna have people that might try and rob you yeah and we had, like, late-night gaming sessions and stuff because we'd get pinball machines. We had, like, the Adams Family pinball machine and a couple other cool ones that we'd have in there. And we'd have little tournaments, 24-hour all-night sales and stuff. And when you're out in the middle of the woods, who knows who's going to pop in and try and rob you. So we had we set up a light system with, Buttons in certain areas that we could push that would set off a light inside the house so Joe would instantly know to grab the 44 or the 45 and there's someone in the store robbing us. So 
We had one time where we had to use it. We had a couple times where some locals came and threw a fit with us, and it's like, we're just trying to make a living jackass. Don't be a dickhead. I'm offering you certain products cheaper than the place down the road. Other things are a little higher. And I'm small business. I can't do much about it. You don't want to pay my prices? Go down the road. I ain't stopping you. I'm just got this running so I can make a buck here and there and keep my life going. So, but yeah, that was a long-winded story about nothing to do with comics. <laughs> we did have comics there though. We had a huge magazine rack full of magazines, and it was fun back in the day. You'd sit there and get your comics and your magazines and all that through the companies and. Uh, all you had to do is at the end of every month or whenever the magazine switched out and the comic switched out is just rip the cover off, send the covers in with your check to pay for the things that sold and the ones that didn't sell, you had the covers to show for it. Then you had all those magazines and comics and stuff without covers. So eventually you start piling them up and putting them in sets and selling them off and People will buy them. They don't care about the cover, especially with all the magazines and books and comics and stuff that we were getting, including the adult stuff. They don't care what the cover shows because they just want to see what's inside it. But yeah, it's it was interesting back then. I don't know how those companies really made it by doing that. And your cost of traveling around, delivering the stuff, printing the stuff, all that. And then getting probably three quarters of it back. That's just, yeah. But we're going to stop talking about that now and get to some Fantastic Four. I uh, am going through some of my old comics now, finally, <laughs> again. Finally caught up on some of my new ones so I can go through some of the old ones. And the first crate I grabbed had some uh, Fantastic Four in there. So, I'm like, I'm not big on the Fantastic Four, but I'm going to try and read some more and see if I can get into them. These are the ones I decided to keep and uh, check out. And the first one I checked out is Fantastic Four Annual. The... Coming of Dragon Lord. This was from 1981, number 16, from Marvel Comics Group. This was interesting. I thought it would be goofy as hell with the whole Dragon Lord character and stuff, but you get to see a Dragon Man character from the past of the Fantastic Four, which I believe I read that's. Read at least some story with him in it in the past. Uh, he went after all their past their past adventure. He went and found himself a cave to go live in. And this character comes from a planet of dragon riders. And he had a bunch of baby dragons that he took care of while he was learning to become a dragon rider. And uh, some things happen 
to him and the dragon younglings end up getting killed and he gets blamed for it and he was supposed to be a rider of one of the younglings so since he couldn't be a rider of a dragon he wasn't accepted by everybody and there's the little younglings there and there's the dragon lord character but he was all well of course he was sad and pissed because he loved the dragons took care of them and stuff and then someone framed him for it so he had to escape to get away from everybody that was gonna imprison him and or whatever and he just took off time jumped type thing time portaled to the to earth where his father was from and all the dragon other dragon riders uh, chased after him it's like Trying to find a good picture of the other dragon riders, but not having good luck right now. And there's kind of them leaving their planet, going off after them. But uh, he comes to the Fantastic Four. Well, he comes to Earth. To try it because he knows about the Dragon Man. And he, there's Fantastic Four badly with the Dragon Riders. Uh, and while he does that, the Dragon Riders chase him down. Follow after him. His girlfriend's... Well, ex-girl... Well, not really an ex-girlfriend, but they've... Been in relationships together. She, uh... Tries to help along the way. And. This, is this scale here. She tries to help him. To turn himself in. So they can get things all settled. And she know she feels. She, she's on his side and stuff. He just has to. Have faith. and But he's got plans. To do certain things. I know it's from 1981. I could totally spoil the whole story. But I don't want to. But I, I like that one. And it, I want to search to see if it ever went on beyond. Because they do ask in here at the end. You want to ask in the fans if they want more of the Dragon Lord. I hope they did. I will have to search and see. But I, I just don't usually get into Fantastic Four. And this one again. Fantastic Four just instantly picks your bad. Just because <laughs> you're being chased, you're bad. So, I mean, Ben has faith in the Dragon Lord, but everybody else <laughs> does. Uh, the next up, I didn't, I just glanced through this one, but you got Fantastic Four The Legend. It's a special tribute issue. It's awesome if you're a fan of the Fantastic Four or not. You get all kinds of 
stuff from the Fantastic Four past. Covered galleries, artwork, storylines, timelines, information about all the characters and their enemies and their who they've worked for, see if this says anything. Released over 35 years ago, Fantastic Four number one reinvented the comic book. The world had never seen heroes like these. Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Girl, the Human Torch, and the Thing were real, real people with real problems, who got frustrated because clothing stores didn't carry their sizes, squabbled amongst themselves, and had financial difficulties. Yet, who rose above their differences to save the world from supervillains no other force would dare engage. Despite their unique abilities, Reed, Sue, Ben, and Johnny were ordinary people who found themselves in the most extraordinary circumstances. Celebrate Marvel's first family, the Fantastic Four, featuring art and anecdotes from Stan Lee and Jack Kirby to Tom DeFalco, and Carlos Pancheco. The ain't they got all kinds of just tons of awesome information and timelines. And I wish I was more into the Fantastic Four. But I like Doctor Doom. <laughs> Doctor Doom's been sucking me in this past year. Can't stand Galactus, but I love the Silver Surfer. <laughs> so, having these little poems and posters and character timelines. And just, it's an awesome book. If you're a Fantastic Four fan, it should definitely be in your collection. Uh, and then, the last one I read... Was Fantastic Four Atlantic Rising. This is a preview. And then I have the two. The June and July. Lentricle cover. Issues. For the storyline. I don't have all the other things. I don't know. I might have some of them. But I don't have the other ones. That go into this. Uh. Not sure if I should read this. Nah, I think I'm going to read what they have here. By the way, that quote was from the Invisible, Invisible Woman, if you didn't figure it out, from one of the books I read. I think it was from the Atlantis Rising books, because of the inhuman part. Nathaniel Richards teleports himself within the Watcher's Citadel, hoping to gather the advanced technology hidden there. However, as he passes a monitor, he notices that it is recording Atlantis rising from beneath the Atlantic Ocean. Richards realizes that he is witnessing the greatest geological event in history. Down on the surface of the earth, Atlantis continues to rise thanks to a spell cast by Morgan Le Fay. 
who seeks to raise the land of her mystical ancestors. In the waves below, the submariner is badly knit out with his friend, the inhuman known as Triton, who is still under Morgan's thrall. As Triton is defeated, Nammer's ally, Sean Dolan, points out that Triton is still bleeding mystical energies and needs immediate medical attention or he will die. With no other choice, Nammer takes Triton and Dolan and flies away. Meanwhile, below the surface of the ocean, Liren, the current ruler of Atlantis, has managed to get many of his people to safety. When figuring out the death toll, Lord Vashti informs Liran that 60% of their population has been wiped out by the event. Furious, Liran blames Nammer and vows to kill him on sight. That part of the story irritated the hell out of me. And This book gives you basically all kinds of stuff about Atlanta Rising, gives you maps, layouts, character, things, synopsises about what ha what's happening with the different characters. Uh, you get some little stories of the past, which is nice. Gives you some updates to everything that's going on this book way better <laughs> in my opinion than these two <clears throat> I love the lentricle covers but it's just I don't get into the Massively muscled artwork that they like to do sometimes with characters. It's like your characters are just so built up. It's like they wouldn't have time to be superheroes. They would have to be in the gym doing 500 pound leg presses half the day and doing like 800 pound bench presses the other half today and these people are just way too jacked for my liking uh, the people of Atlantis that did die I and mean, that was really disappointing seeing a bunch of dismembered mer people and stuff like that in the bowels of the earth after this uh, Morgan Le Fay gal basically tidal makes massive tidal waves all over the earth and that sucks up water from some of the sea caves and some people in the sea caves they're mer type people can't move and they're stuck and they're just dying and they got limbs that are missing and it's just it's like what the hell uh, this is very confusing at times 
because there's so many other characters that popped in and out with, uh, and we'll go a little deeper on the story here. Meanwhile, in New York City, the Human Torch is out on a date with his current girlfriend, Laura Green, when their date is interrupted by a Fantastic Flare calling the members of the Fantastic Four to action. Uh, I was hoping I could find that moment, because... I do remember him sitting with her and the Fantastic Four symbol pops up and she's like, isn't that for you? Yeah. But, uh, Laura Green is actually his estranged wife. Or, unbeknownst to Johnny, Laura Green is actually his estranged wife the shape-shifting scrawl Elijah. When the torch is out of sight, she drops her Laura Green disguise and then turns into a bird in an attempt to follow after him. At Four Freedoms Plaza, the invisible woman is taking a call from the U.S. Navy who are requesting the team's assistance in investigating the sudden surfacing of Atlantis. With the Avengers away on a separate mission, the Fantastic Four are stuck dealing with the crisis on their own. As the group prepares for the coming mission, Kristoff and Ant-Man squabble with each other. Kristoff's aide, Boris, secretly enjoys the disagreement, as he believes that the constant infighting among the members of the team's members will allow him to destroy them that much easier. And we go on and on. Basically, the Fantastic Four has to save the Inhumans by, well, at least they're going to try and save them by going and shrinking their planet because there's a bunch of stuff. And we'll talk, I'll give you the gist of that too. Back on the moon, the Inhuman Genetic Council also learns of the raising of Atlantis. The Inhumans have ancestral ties to Atlantis. And at the prospect of others seeking to claim the island, they begin discussing what course of action to take. Meanwhile, at the Watcher's Citadel, Nathaniel Richards continues his search and accidentally trips off a security device. It activates a massive sphere that creates a powerful... powerful vacuum sucking in all objects into it. While Nathaniel fights to prevent himself from being sucked in, the sphere also racks the inhuman capital of Attilian with massive earthquakes. Richards manages to teleport back to his base in Latveria moments before the Watcher's entire citadel is sucked into the sphere. However, with the building now gone, the sphere also begins sucking up the atmosphere around the blue area with the fragile atmosphere around Attilan, or Adelon, at risk of being compromised. The genetic council decide to take the Terrigen mist and return to Earth in an attempt to claim Atlantis for themselves. 
When they learned that a human was responsible for Adelon's wreckage, they also dispatched the Crimson Cadre and an Atmo gun to Earth with the intent of avenging their people by wiping out the entire human race. It's like battle after battle after battle with everybody. And we even get Thor in the event, and Thor and Submariner get into some battles, and Thor and Black Bolt, and it's just, oh, here's the imagery of the people that are stuck dying after the tidal waves take away the water from the caves, and it's just, it's messed up. It's like, it does I guess there are other storylines that you can follow to get that I didn't read from that give you some more of it. I thought it was in one of these two, the list of books to read. Uh, that must have been in the other one that had it. But, uh, I was, I just, the artwork just pulled me away from it, which is hard. Uh, it's like writers, Tom DeFalco, Glenn Hendling, or Herdling, pencilers, M.C. Wayman, inkers were Ray Garcia, Don Hudson, Geoff Isherwood, and Kevin Yates, colorist, Mike Rockwitz, letters, Chris Ella Pelusos and editors Neil Yamtob and Mike Martz. So, who was the artist then? Yeah, inkers, colorists, pencilers. I guess the penciler, M.C. Wyman, would be the artist. But I just... I figure with the Ant-Man, Wasp, Quantum, Manium, or whatever the movie that's coming, I thought since Ant-Man was in here, that's why I wanted to read this storyline and see where it took me. Uh, I know there's a... Somewhere it talked about the other issues you had to have with this. I just can't find it. Oh well. Check it out. Atlantis Rising. If you're into the Inhumans, Nammer, the Submariner, I figure because I, I keep hearing his name, I figure something up. I figure I better check this out. See what I can find. But yeah. It's aight. Aight. But not super great. Art just <laughs> seriously. These are regular people that scientists and stuff that went into space, got some anomaly that caused them to turn into these different characters. Why do they got to be so jacked up like they're bodybuilders? And you really think they're going to be agile when they got that many freaking muscles? No, they're not going to be agile at all. <clears throat> but uh, other than that the Fantastic Four items I have in my collection that I have I'm not going to read right now I just want to get through my old stacks and then I'll go back and read other stuff but we got the Fantastic Four Annual number 26 from 1993 
reason I kept this one on says, if you thought Carnage, Spawn of Venom, was a threat to mankind, wait till you see what Dreadface is planning to do. And this Dreadface just looks like a interesting looking demon controlling character. And it's got a brand new Marvel Superstar introducing the newest rising star, Wild, Wild Streak. And it's still sealed in its original packaging, so I didn't want to rip that open since it's got a new new person in it. First appearance type thing. I figure what the heck. This one's more of a fun, easy read, Fantastic Four. But it's a run, fireworks, number one, two, and three. And I just, from Marvel Remix... It looked like something that was fun. Again, it's got Inhumans in here and stuff, which I'm not big on the Inhumans. But I figured I read one Inhuman storyline for now. I'll read more later. I got number Fantastic Four, number 22. Number 23... Uh, I don't know what they're about, but their daughter's bummed because she's being shunned by the family, but the second issue has to do with a Comic-Con. So I figured, what the heck, it looks like a fun story. I probably am missing one of the comics to go with it, so that's why I just figured I'd hold on to that for now. Uh, this one goes way back in time. But it's got Silver Surfer in it. So I had to hold on to this one. It's got Tricky Dick. Old Nixon. <laughs> I am not a crook. Uh, but we got Fantastic Four. Number 123. The highest Silver Surfer cover I got. I will pull and read anything with Silver Surfer from the Fantastic Four, but other than that, we'll see. Uh, 347, 348. Now we got, I don't know if this is a run of a story or not. Their first prints, 347, 348, 349. I got the world's goofiest comic magazine, Fantastic Four. This issue's got everything, including the kitchen sink. And you look at all the faces on there, all the characters you're going to get. I'm like, yeah, that looks interesting. Especially when you got Ghost Rider, Hulk, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. Enough said, bud. On the cover of the second issue. And then the third issue... Featuring the world's most exploitive cameo. And we got a Punisher cameo in here. So, figure this set, hopefully it's the whole story for that run. And, uh, it's got the Punisher video game on the back of it. <laughs> uh, good old days, video games were starting. 
to become big. <coughs> then we got issue 375. It's an anniversary spectacular. It's Rise of Doom. I like the Doom character. And it's got that fancy foily cover. So I held on to that one. And then the last couple we got 387. Sue saw Johnny and Ben die. This also has Submariner and the Skrulls in it. From out of time, a grim harbinger from the future, or is it the past, warns the Fantastic Four that nobody gets out alive. And it's got its special foily thing around Sue. So I figure, specially, special looking cover, I'll hold on to that one. And the last two I got is 394 and 395, which is, this one's Get a Piece of the Action. This polybag includes a 16-page Marvel Action Hour preview, number one of six, different, Marvel Action Hour acetate prints, a proof of sales redeemable for a special acetate print not available anywhere else. Sweepstake entry information, see back for details, but it's sealed in its original bag, so I figured what the heck, I'd hold on to it, but yet I want to see what the print is. And then, the last one, it's got Ben Grimm and Wolverine on the cover, I gotta say anything more, it's, I'll watch those two battle it out, but, yeah. But that's my Fantastic Four review for today. A little variety of things. I think I got everything done. Gone over. Talked about. But, yeah. Longer episode than I planned. But hey, it was fun. Gave you a bunch of little goofy things to, to hear about my life and some things I've been checking out. Got some video games, some comics... Some news about my past. But, yeah. That was fun. So, Fantastic Four. Who knew? <laughs> I'll try and read anything, but damn it. I just get so disappointed with them every time. <laughs> they're either too jacked up, or they're too big of jackasses to each other, or someone else. And it's like, I don't like all that feuding, fighting. It's like, go out there, do your job. You don't want powers, but you got the powers. So suck it up and deal with the powers. <laughs> it's like you're born the way you are. You got to live with it. You guys got a second chance. <laughs> a different way you could live. So, But yeah. That's it. I believe. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Check out Crimson Cull Comic Club. CrimsonCull.com Under the Cull. Under the Cull of MS. Audio, video, podcast, YouTube. All kinds of things out there. AB Conversation. If you want to join up for our Saturday event and come and review some comics with us, we can... We got I got Zoom right now for at least the next few months where I can have up to 100 people. 
So if you want to join in and talk about a comic, just join our Crimson Color Comic Club Facebook page, and then you'll get the notifications so you can send in your reading list and know what we're going to talk about and see when the Zoom things go up so you can click the link and come and join us. Other than that, we'll be back with more stuff sometime soon. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.